Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Setting the Skein. My name is Tristan. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And I'm Logan coming at you. Uh, that's right. We have a Logan Grooney, Grooney Doobie, Grooney Fooby. Uh, my friends call me Logan Green and Flopper. Oh, Logan, Logan's Logan, a Logan right, Grass right. and Hopper. Right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm coming at you today. Uh, ben isn't on today's episode, uh, but today we we uh, we got our our fellows here, as you can hear us <laughs> talking to you now. That is correct. Uh, we uh, we are here. Uh, special welcome to our friend Logan, That's who right. uh, made several appearances on our previous show, Some Jerks Talk About Movies. Uh, Logan, for the folks who never listened to uh, all those episodes, why don't you tell us just a little bit about who you are, what you do, uh, what folks can find you doing, you know. What uh, what makes Logan Grunenfelder tick? Man, I do a lot of hanging about, a lot of nonsense, a lot of uh, a lot of tomfoolery, a lot of hijinks, shenanigans. I, I, um, I have an important question also. Who let you in, and who are you? Well, see, that's the funny thing. Um, we actually were let in by Logan. Oh, I, yeah. Because because you see, Tristan, yeah. Tristan, my yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? That we are in Logan's house right now. His house. He owns it. It's we're his in house. his house. It's his home. We are in his domain. It's his home. Yeah. What's actually crazy, y'all, is that uh, we actually did not plan to record a podcast with Logan today. We actually just showed up outside this giant window that he has, tapping on it incessantly yeah. until yeah. he woke yeah. up. Well, you know the folklore, they it's not so much folklore, it's true, that they say about podcasters. They can only come in your house when they are invited. Right. And so they kept knocking on it, the glass. And then I was like, how do I know you're not going to do all those podcasty things when you get in here? And then they were like, oh... Um, well, you can trust us. And then I right. said, you're probably reliable like the granny in this movie we're talking about. Exactly. So I said, exactly. please, come on inside. Well, now, and now they're doing the podcast thing. So I was bamboozled. Well, now, that is a segue if I've ever heard one. Folks, this week we had the chance <laughs> to watch uh, the actual movie that made me very mad after I thought about it for a little bit. We watched 2005... 2005's Hoodwinked. And Logan, what were you when we came into the... I was bamboozled, I was flustered, I was Hoodwinked. Hot dog, hot dog, <laughs> hot, hot dog. Okay, uh, so yeah, so we watched Hoodwinked, starring Anne Hathaway, J Glenn Close, Jim Belushi, Patrick Warburton, Anthony Anderson, David Ogden Sears, and lots of other folks. Incredible. Uh, this movie was directed by Company, it seems, directed by Corey Edwards, Todd Edwards, and Tony Leach. It was also written by those three individuals. Um, and uh, funny fact about Mr. Uh, Mr. Todd Edwards... Uh, do, uh, do you know what the fun fact is, folks? Do, do you know what it uh, is? I don't, but I sure wish you would tell me. Well, actually, it's about Corey Edwards because I pulled up the wrong person. Yep, Corey Edwards, folks. He was responsible for several movies that I know made up a lot of uh, the three, the four of ours uh, childhoods, uh, the VeggieTales movies. Oh. And I actually thought, watching the movie this time, that a lot of the songs in Hoodwinked were funny in exactly the same brand of funny as the songs from Veggie Tales. That thought actually occurred to me while we were watching this, so I'm blown away. Yeah, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, this, uh, this movie was made on a budget of $30 million, uh, and it grossed worldwide $110 million. Um, as far as reviews go for this movie, let me pull them up here. Uh, pulled a uh, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, 45% on Metacritic, 87% on Google. Gentlemen, 
thoughts on the movie, experiences with it. What mm. way you way you have, Logan? I'll have a chili dog with a with a orange <laughs> orange freeze as well. Ooh, orange freeze sounds so, good. Just letting you know. Um, well, my experiences with it have not changed much since 2005. Back when I was uh, eight, I was eight when this movie came out. So back then, I enjoyed it. I giggled at all the little silly little jokes. Uh, and I probably giggle at more jokes now because they just <laughs> are nonstop. They're like, let's put as many references into this movie as we can. Truly. And try to get some giggles from the uh, kids from how ludicrous it is and some giggles from the adults for how we really, really tried uh, <laughs> putting in references that they'll understand. So a little forced, but enjoyable, much like... Ah, never mind. That's a crude joke. <laughs> what in the world? I was going to talk about like farts. Not, not, <laughs> not anything ridiculous. <laughs> it's okay. We can say the occasional curse word on a here. Little, so, I mean, you're okay. good to talk about farts. A little right, forced, but enjoyable. Yeah. Like a good fart. <laughs> <laughs> or Forrest Gump's mom. Or what she, the she says, Rick. <laughs> he says something about um, if you crap, then all you get is farts out. Whatever, whatever he that says is to Forrest Gump. not Forrest Gump. <laughs> Tristan, your experiences with the movie. Sure. Love is like a fart. That's the one I was thinking of. And Forrest Gump did not say it. Go ahead. Uh, uh, well. Um, so I watched this movie probably around the same time when it came out. I think I got it on DVD maybe. Like I rented it a few times. I didn't see it in theaters. Was it in theaters? I guess. This movie? Yeah. Very much. Yeah, I saw it. Well... I don't know. I, I, I rented it a lot. I, I saw this movie a lot. It was one of those movies, you know, we've all been kids, right? We've all been there. See for yourself. I was born in a full 21-year-old body. Wow. So you're... you're Okay. Uh, gosh. Well, um, that hoodwinked me. My experience was similar. I saw this as a kid about the time it came out, and I thought it was funny. Um, and now watching it, it's like some of the things I thought were funny then I roll my eyes at, but also there's a new things I found funny. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah. My, uh, my experience with this movie is I remember when it came out, however, I did not see it. It kind of, uh, fell into the recesses of my mind uh, and I forgot that it even existed until, uh, good old Ben and I talked about it about, uh, two and a half years ago on some dirty talk about movies and, uh, yeah, uh, Thought it was stupid then, and uh, genuinely never thought I would have to watch it again. But <laughs> here we are. Um, it's, it's important enough to talk about again. I don't know if "important" the word I would say. <laughs> well, I think I think I think somebody put this on the posting schedule, and I don't know who put it on there and for what purpose. But somebody look, did. Cross my heart, it wasn't me. I actually so think it was Ben, and he's not here to deny it. Yeah. I, it may have been then. I think it's because we talked about it, though. Yeah. But this, so this movie is all about the story of Little Red Riding Hood, um, and it's got like little Easter eggs of other fairy tales and stuff. Yeah. But the the big thing is there's an investigation underway about what happened in Little Red's granny's house, and every one of the characters involved in that gives their own perspective during the investigation, and it turns out a new character was actually the real criminal behind everything, and they have to bring him down. That's, that's the plot. That's yeah. That's the take. I mean, in the original story, of course, the wolf eats everyone. Yeah. And the the huntsman mm -hmm. cuts open the wolf and pulls everyone out. 
and then they live. And then they live. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, the wolf didn't need anyone yet, I guess. Yeah. But that's everyone's opinion anyway. But yeah, he's actually a reporter. Yeah. As far as how they crafted this movie, it reminded me a lot of some projects I did in middle school and high school where the teacher was like, here's an old story like Jack and the Beanstalk or something. So now I want you to revamp it to where it's, it's cool. And we would always go for like the crime undertone mobster kind of movie uh, retelling of the story. So this reminded me of one of those projects I did, especially with the dialogue. And again, I like I enjoy this, but it did seem like 14-year-old me and my buddies, who were not very good at this kind of thing, <laughs> did write the story at least. So going off of that, I think one of the things that we can discuss with this movie is uh, kind of this trend of taking classic fairy tales, things that are very well known, things that are in the public domain, um, and kind of revamping them with various uh, new angles taken on them, or maybe just with a modern edge. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on that uh, sort of trend as a whole, and do you think that this movie does a good job? Uh, some other examples would be like Into the Woods comes to mind, um, where they take the whole uh, Grimm's fairy tales, takes the they lived happily ever after, and turns it on their head and is like, did they really live happily ever after? Um, uh, others, uh, Shrek. like Shrek, Shrek, uh, the Brothers Grimm, which I think takes a more like suspenseful, uh, uh, sort of like fantasy adventure uh -huh. angle on it, like gritty, gritty is the word yep. I'm looking for. What were y'all's thoughts on that uh, trend? Once Upon a Time is another good example. Well, this, this story is, this is by and large the story of Little Red Riding Hood. It's not... It's not like a bunch of, it's not like once upon a time where you have a bunch of different characters doing a different thing, you know, or Shrek where you have all these new characters and all these old characters combining with stereotypes, I guess, for the characters or what the stories are. So, I mean, it's, it's different in that way. Um, it's its own, it's, it's just, it's just a retelling of Lorette uh, when mm -hmm. you get down to it. Yeah. It's a very kids-friendly take on it. But it's also got the tropes of, like, detective dramas yeah, and things like that. Right. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yes. And um, it also just has those general tones from the early 2000s of everything was all about your characters for kids' movies. All the characters did karate sequences. <laughs> all the characters did cool explosions and these extreme things. So they really did just stockpile as many things as I could remember from 2005 into this movie besides Honk. yeah everything except for like anakin killing younglings everything mm -hmm. else that, that was pretty close though yeah going off of that i think <laughs> i think that that's one thing uh that really makes this movie such a it leaves such a sore taste in my mouth uh in particular is because you see other adaptations um i'll, I'll go with into the woods primarily for my like example but you look at something like that and it is timeless uh, which I think a good adaptation of a timeless fairy tale should be. Um, it is timeless. It doesn't matter when it was made, when it was produced, when it was done. You can identify with it at various points in your life. This is so... I don't hate early 2000s movies, but there definitely was like a trash fire era of movies in the early 2000s. Um, and this is very much one of them. 
Um, what yeah. are some other trash horror movies? Oh man, uh, Aragon. Um, <laughs> just animated. Several things that we've animated. watched. Animated. Yeah. Animated. animated. Um, yeah, probably Flushed Away. Uh, Funny you should say that, because I was just thinking about this movie and the scope of all the movies that I sometimes watch just to re-familiarize myself. I've watched Hoodwink probably, it's probably the 10th time steadily over the years, but Flushed Away, I watch that one annually as far as this kind of movie goes. Flushed Away, this is a separate thing because we're not talking about this movie, it is one of the funniest, most quotable things ever. I love Flushed well, Away. Apparently to Doug, it's a trash fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I stand by that. It's a but as I am defending Hoodwinked, I defend Flush Away a lot more. But to one man's trash fire is another man's <laughs> treasure? Extinguished trash fire? Annual. Yeah, extinguished trash fire. <laughs> well, Doug, I like that you said timeless because mm-hmm. fairy tales are timeless stories, and timeless stories deserve to be retold. And, uh,. You know, they deserved kind of an artistic treatment. And this was not that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of a fun time, but it wasn't like a great piece of art. It's not a fantastic well, it's, movie. It's art, though. Someone made this. I it mean, t- technically, I guess. <laughs> it is artistic. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, as far as that genre goes, I'm not going to call this one of the greats of re-adaptations. Oh, no. Um, I really like... Um, also kind of off topic. I really like Romeo plus Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann one. Not a fan. Oh man, that's a great time. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, that's something I consider great. Into the Woods is something I consider great. This is something I consider entertaining for the whole family, which is a separate kind of thing for me. And I think there's still uh, merit to things where you just watch it to watch it. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it makes it trash. Now, uh, so speaking to the fact to the fact that like this is supposedly like a movie that's made for the family, uh, it one of the things that stuck out to me in this movie is the writing style is kind of similar uh, to another movie that we talked about on the podcast of like a Batman movie, in that there are not that many like uh, we're gonna build up to this big joke and then boom we're gonna do it. It's we're gonna say a bunch of stuff really fast. Maybe one third of it will be funny. Um, one third of it will be references that you might get, but we'll see what sticks and what makes you remember. Um, and I'm going to go on and say, I kind of take issue with that style of writing because I think it, I think to me it reads as lazy, but what were y'all's thoughts on it? Well, just based off of what you just said, uh, the big punchline I was going to say, sounds like Saturday Night Live. That's what I was going to say. That's it. I I think I get what you're saying. I would hesitate to call it lazy even if I didn't like it because that's still a lot of stuff to write, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It seemed like a ridiculous amount of finding those references you're talking about. Yeah, and probably the rest of us found a higher percentage of it funny than you did. Definitely with Lego Batman. I think that movie's great. So I found a lot of Lego Batman funny. But, um... What you're describing with just like, let's just write a bunch of jokes that may or may not be good and see what sticks. Yeah, that's not great. I mean, I think it gets down into whether or not, uh, whether or not, uh, you view like a writer's discernment as like telling of a good story or a good script. Um, I also think that there very much so is a turning point in this movie where it goes from being like, yeah, I think I think there are two separate movies going on in this movie. Um, 
you have the first movie that is just like, let's give you everyone's angle on the story. And I love that part. I think that's very funny where you get to see uh, Red's uh, take on the story. You get to see yeah, the Woodsman's take on the story. The Wolves, Grannies. Love that. Big fan. But the minute we have to go back into the, oh yeah, there's an investigation going on that we kind of need to see the ending to, it's just like, oh, so you're doing your own thing now. And um, it is it is a lot more boring at that point. But yeah. they also didn't wear out the welcome with that part, I don't think, because the vast majority of the movie was the part you're saying you liked, and then they do wrap it up, but they really make haste with the part where they're not telling their stories anymore. They're just kind of like, all right, let's get it going. So I don't think they linger on the parts that we don't enjoy as much. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it feels a lot more cliche as far as a plot goes. Like when we get done with the explanations, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like, okay, well, we know the, the rabbit's bad and he's an evil mastermind. Of course, he's a lair. The police are dumb and like just all these different, different cliches and it's like cool. Pigs gotta eat, you know, whatever. <laughs> Pigs gotta goes. eat. <laughs> They're gonna eat the evidence. Oh, yeah. yeah, so. Hey guys, what's up? It's your old pal Ben, and y'all already know I'm here. To give you some announcements. Before I do that, I do just want to say a quick thank you to each and every one of you who is listening. Uh, thank you for taking some time out of your day and listening and supporting us. It really just does mean the world to us. Uh, I actually have an announcement this week. It's crazy, I know. Coming up next Sunday, that's March the 21st, uh, me and the rest of the guys here at Vider Media, we're doing something awesome. We're going to hop on Facebook Live and we are going to be doing a live episode of Setting the Skeen. That's right live you get to tune in and watch us talk about the snyder cut uh that's right the new uh justice league redo i guess is what they're calling it who knows we're gonna talk about it uh, it's gonna be a great time that again that is sunday march 21st uh time is to be decided but it'll be sometime that afternoon or evening you definitely do not want to miss that uh be sure to keep up with all the stuff that we're doing on our social media platforms at vider media and that's all I've got, so let's get back to the show. But, so yeah, what you're describing this as sounds like an easy watching movie. And, you know, you can't have everything where you have to really pay attention, like, you can't find the highbrow stuff like Lego Batman all the time. <laughs> right. But <laughs> so sometimes you just need things like this. I'm not going to say the same for Flushed Away. That's highbrow. But um, what's another example of these kinds of movies? There's Hoodwinked. I mean, the Lego movie. We talked about Lego Batman, but not the Lego movie. Oh, Le well, yeah. the Lego movie out of those two is my favorite. I love Lego movies. Yeah. I'm just, but I'm you're I, right. I'm it can I, just kind of be on. I know they're out there, but... I'm trying to think of animated movies from early early 2000s that were, in my opinion, bad movies, and I don't think they were like I think they were they were forgettable movies. I think so too. Shark Tale. Oh maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. Shark Tale. Yeah, it kind of makes its jokes and just kind of goes on with the story, and you don't really pick out specific. I mean, 
the story overall. You pick out specific parts is kind of how Shark Tale works. The question, though, for me is, are these, like, because there's always, there's always going to be bad movies coming out, just in any era. Mm-hmm. But are these movies forgettable because of the animation boom of the 90s? Or are they forgettable because something happened? No, these movies are forgettable because they were made for cheap, and it was like we can make a quick buck. I agree. But why? But why were they made? Why? Why did? Why this time? Because we can make a quick buck. CG is cheap as crap in the early two thousands. So because can, because it was new, and everyone was like, "Let's get on that." I and think it was new. easy. I, I was gonna say it's like, not completely new. It's accessible well, at this point. I think it's like right, that's what I mean. I think it's like you see it, and you're just like, oh, "Okay, here's a proven market that I can make. I can make it for cheap." Um, I can get some decent voices in there and fill it with a bunch of jokes and kids will come see it. Therefore, parents will come see it. Therefore, the movie will make a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Or someone could have been really passionate about making this movie. I truly have no idea. It doesn't come that way on the screen. But Surf's Up. Could be. Remember that one? Are you about to say something bad about Surf's Up? No, I just think it's in the same category. Oh, it's gotcha. One of those... Uh, it's at least forgettable. It's a, it's yeah. kind of forgettable but, animated movie. But that one at least wants to lift you up. It had, it had a direction with the message you're supposed to take away from it. Yeah, and you took I offense. If somebody oh. if somebody put Ice Age in this category, I would take offense the way you just did. Oh, I was, was, was going to say Ice Age, for sure. I love <laughs> Ice Age. And all the Ice Age sequels. Okay, yeah, yeah forget those. But the, the first Ice Age, I will never forget. I, I agree with Elijah. Yeah, the first Ice Age, I think, is, you know, it's a classic. But the sequels... Ice Age 4, Dawn of Dinosaurs. I'm not <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That one's the best. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> wow. I don't think we got to watch that one. <laughs> now, um, now, one of the things we talked about was the fact that, you know, this movie was made for dirt cheap. Um, got some, like, decent voice acting talent. The funny thing is, is that there are some people in this movie who are doing voice performance, voiceover and like voice acting performances that I generally don't think of as voice actors. Uh, one of them being Anne Hathaway. Um, but what were y'all's thoughts about the performances in this movie? Um, I'll go on and say that Patrick Warburton, as always, I love I love listening to that man's voice. Yeah. Like in in really anything, it's like he just lifts everything up. Days in. Yeah. Well, you know they. They didn't sync the mouths up well all the time, no. and and a lot of it, it sounded and looked like you have some people reading from a script into a microphone, especially Anne Hathaway, honestly. Her lines were ridiculously written, but it sounds like they're all saying their lines and then they go about their day, except for Patrick Warburton, and his sound, especially when he's in the woods with uh, Little Red, he's like, oh, what you got in the basket there? Oh, okay. Oh, very nice. That's it sound, good. It sounded like, thanks. It sounded like him doing his thing, but the rest of it sounded like, all right, here's your big line. And it was the bunny all along. Oh, I think they just got flipped. Flipper never said that, but he should have. <laughs> but Yeah, it yeah, it did sound like they were all in separate rooms just reading off the script. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't think, I mean, Little Reds was noticeably bad, but I don't think they were atrocious. Like, it was, it was fairly average. It was mm-hmm. the animation that was bad. Like, the animation, for what it is, for it being a com- computer-generated or computer-animated movie, I mean, we said it earlier, you know, it was widely accessible. People are just doing it now at this time. It's like, maybe you shouldn't have done that with this movie. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it just, the, the mouth didn't sync up a lot. 
A lot of the movements were very clunky. Their faces didn't have much expression. It wasn't as yeah. bad as I remember it. I said that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But still, it was... It's still not great. Yeah, the animation is not super good. Um, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people who know about this movie dislike about it. But... That's why I disliked about VeggieTales, though. That's why I didn't watch VeggieTales when I was younger. My mom was... I asked my mom why I didn't watch it the other day, and she was like... Um, as a four-year-old, you're like, I don't like how it looks, and so you don't like that. That was me with Hey Arnold. Mm. Couldn't bring myself to watch Rugrats. Never... Rugrats kind of made me want to throw up too. I was never so. exposed to VeggieTales. We didn't have it. I was, just well, Blue's Clues. Elijah, I may have gross miscalculation. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I so. This, when I open this podcast, I will say though, like I don't think that we can just say the animation at this time was bad because you look at anime movies that came out in 2005, which I totally plan to do uh, before right now. Um, <laughs> you have things like Tim Burton's Corpse Bride, uh, oh, yeah. Robots starring Ewan McGregor and Robin Williams, uh, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, uh, Wallace and Gromit, uh, Madagascar. Uh, which is good, in my opinion. It yeah, is I like good. It's very good. Uh, Kronk's New Groove, which is not good. Um, Dr. Uh, Chicken oh. Little. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Kim Possible, the movie, so not the drama. Oh, and Stuart <laughs> Little 3, Call of the Wild. Basically, Patrick Warburton. Little? Yeah. Okay. Basically, Patrick Warburton had like a big year because he's in, he's in this, he's in Chicken Little, he's in Kronk's New Groove, and he's in Kim Possible's movie. Let me see if he is in uh, Call of the Wild. Um, the uh, the old Stuart Little movie. Uh, give me like two. I seconds. do not remember a third Stuart Little not, movie. Oh, I distinctly remember the third Stuart Little movie. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I I think that's a reason why this movie gen genuinely like just should not be remembered is because and like should not be given credit is because it came out in a time when like animation was doing they were doing great things with animation. And they were doing things that didn't have to look great, but still put out a good movie. Like, I think Robots is a genuinely good movie. And the animation's not, like, the best. But this movie just looks like crap. I really wanted to say something else, but I didn't. Um, man, it's just bad. It's it's bad. It, 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 it feels... Uh... It feels like, it feels lazy. Yeah, and just I, because of it, it's very static in that way. True, yeah, it is. But again, it's about the jokes. It's about their big one-liners, which And I think I that saves a lot of the movie, because, like, there's, there's several funny characters who have a lot of time on screen. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I think they, they, save, they save it for an, the animation sometimes. Other times it's like, gosh, please move on. Yeah. Yep. I think I just want to say one more thing because, like, genuinely, before we started reviewing the recording this podcast, like, at first I was like, I don't really care about the movie, and then that I don't care turned into I really hate this movie, and I think it's because it is just so lazy. Like, like, I'm in the middle of, like, a big movie-watching project right now, so I don't feel like... I don't like to have my time wasted with a movie, and I feel like this movie wasted my time. Doug, you are someone who likes a lot of bad 
horror movies, and I know you don't think they're bad, but but they're bad. I think it's your opinion. Okay. <laughs> and so it's hard for me to... Here's my thing, but whatever you're about to say, I will say that even the worst horror movie probably has more effort put into it than this. I would heavily doubt that. Different kinds of Name a horror movie that I've shown you that you think has less ever put into it than this. Um, uh, Troll 2? <laughs> okay, Troll 2 had a ton of effort put into Leprechaun it. Leprechaun 2? That did not, but I don't think Leprechaun the series is a good series. Alright, um, I got an example. I did. <laughs> uh, wait, where were you going with that? I don't know. I was saying that the reason that I actually do not like this movie is because I feel like my time was wasted with it. How do you quantify effort? <laughs> I don't know. I was not Very set, simple. But... You, do you feel like your time was wasted while watching it? Do you think that there was something better that you could have done in the hour and a half runtime of this movie? Well... If the answer is yes, I think that the movie is not made uh, with a lot of effort and is poorly made. Well, but even if someone puts a lot of effort into something and you don't like it, then you're... Still gonna feel like you wasted your time if your rationale for wasting time is you didn't like the movie. Right. So, I mean, you could be watching Shawshank Redemption, and if you don't like it, you call that you wasted your time. That's a heavy example, obviously, but <laughs> if you didn't like it, you could say the same thing. So I'm not sure if effort always equals how much you enjoy watching it. Yeah, I mean, Doug says that uh, There Will Be Blood wasted his time. It did. Uh, it 100% it is, did. And are you saying they didn't put movie. Are you saying they didn't well, put effort into that? I think that they put effort into the wrong things. It's widely known to be a, a good movie. Well, that's okay. Like many critics. That's okay. Other people can be wrong. Uh, okay. I have I'm a just, podcast. I just I'm giving you figure, right. I'm giving you yeah. figure A. I have the microphone, therefore <laughs> I'm right. Um, so. Oh, also just talking about hoodwinks right quick. Um, I'm just remembering just the different emphasis we put on things at different ages. Back when I was eight, when I was watching this in theaters, <laughs> I remember watching the trailers, and there was that one part where the squirrel gets the coffee and he goes wild. That was in the trailers. So when we got to the movie theater. And this was the same for a lot of these movies coming out at the time. When you get to that big scene from the trailer, I was like, oh, here we come, the climax of the movie. And then he, um, the squirrel, who's very squirrely. Twitchy. Yeah. Very twitchy. twitchy. His name's yeah. Twitchy. He drinks the coffee, and he goes bonkers, and there's like little horn sounds. And like, beep, 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 beep. And then he's just bouncing off the trees. And when I was eight, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I thought that was the climax of the movie, because it was in the trailers, and because it was really funny for a little kid. Now, as an adult, I realize this movie doesn't really have a climax that's easy to tell, but I just enjoyed it as we went through. Wow. There was nothing I was anticipating, so it really is very different depending on what age you are. I will also say, real quick, just on the squirrel thing, um, I will say that, uh, who was the writer who I said like wrote for Corey. Tales? Corey. Good old Corey also wrote for a little movie called Over the Hedge, which came out I think two years after this. Yeah, and uh, I'm <laughs> just gonna horror. say, I'm just gonna say yep. that Corey took his little squirrel scene that he was like, <laughs> that you thought was gonna be the climax, 
and he made a squirrel scene that was the climax and over the hedge. That's very also, true. Also, <laughs> I will do. I will use that as my uh, request that we do over the hedge on the show. <laughs> Okay, that's a movie <laughs> that I'm down to talk about hey, all day, every day. Speaking of forgettable animated films, remember Open Season? I was about to say, <laughs> Over the Hedge always reminds me of Open Season with Ashton Kutcher playing yeah. a deer, antelope thing. I wouldn't say it's um, as forgettable as Hoodwinked. Yeah, I would agree that Open Season is as forgettable as Hoodwinked. Oh, by the way, we keep saying forgettable. All of us knew what Hoodwinked was. <laughs> if I took a yeah. random poll of people, I'm pretty sure most people our age are going to say... Oh, I remember Hoodwinked. I'll say, do you remember what it was about? They can tell me well, what it's about. I'll say, do you remember what you got from it? They'll I, say no. I think that's the only thing they won't know. I'm not bringing research to this battle. Okay? I, <laughs> uh, when have I ever done that? Yeah. I want to say... I only bring research to horror movies. That's oh, yeah. it. I want to say something to back Doug up. Because there is a there is a climax in this movie. It's when they find the bunny's evil lair. And they're trying to bring him down. True. And that is probably the least interesting part of the movie and that's the part where you're supposed to be the most engrossed you're really engrossed when you get to you, you know you find out the wolf is an investigator and a journalist yep. and you get to hear his perspective that's probably the most interesting part of the movie <laughs> the rising actions were easily the best part of the movie yeah i, I think the goat part okay I think you're probably right about well that. you're and right I, I was gonna say <laughs> my actual favorite part of the movie is that freaking goat and that is by far the most memorable part of this movie. <laughs> funny. And I fun. think for I would tell anybody this movie is worth watching just for that freaking goat. Mm-hmm. He's so funny. And I mean, just the way the movie is paced, just a bunch of random stuffs happening, and then all of a sudden you go into this goat thing, and you're like in a fever dream where he's <laughs> replacing his antlers for different uses, and he's like, "Which was spell on me?" And yeah. He just goes on singing about being prepared, and then the avalanche is coming. <laughs> Man, it's it's a wild fever dream this movie is, and yeah. that's why it's fun. That goat was always my favorite part of this movie. Whether I'm a kid or an adult, that is the funniest part. And this was the first time I've seen this movie with subtitles, and I caught things that that, do- <laughs> yeah. that goat sang that I had never caught before. It's even better. He's mm-hmm. so funny. Yep. Best rhymer of our generation. <laughs> that's Simple right. as that. Goat got bars. He yeah. goes uh, in order of... Uh, in order of uh, three, going three to one, uh, I don't know who three would be. Eminem, <laughs> the goat. So, okay. so whoever three is, then Eminem. Then I think it's. Is. Are you saying he's a rapper? It's Exhibit. We didn't mention it, but Exhibit is in this movie. He voices the bear. Oh yeah, I had never heard of him before. Okay, but... well he's a rapper and he voices the bear, the police chief in this movie. Yep. All right. And um, I forgot the actor's name from Blackish. He was Anthony, in this movie. Anthony Anderson. Anderson. Oh, yeah, who did he play in this movie? Uh, some side character. Oh, the stork? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought the stork was funny for the most part when he didn't have forced lines. I like the part yeah, when... Exactly. He, like, I like... Whenever he talked, they actually did not give him great lines, but I like just the ram things he would do. He'd walk up slowly to people, walk up slowly to the wolf, and then randomly hit him with a nightstick. That's a good time. This there was really, no reason. This is a really random... Uh, thing but if you ever want to just have a good time go and look at anthony anderson's career before blackish because it's a lot of fun to look at everything that he did because he's one of those people who just like pops up randomly and things that you never realized he was in psych um, was he he was in psych what was was he not sean's friend i mean not his friend. his friend he was a criminal but sean really really liked him i don't remember 
elegant picks for you. Let's keep talking. I I don't think we can keep talking. Okay, yeah, that's I don't think it. We can't either. Uh, also, we didn't say Anthony Hopkins, did we? Nah. Like from Clarice. No, <laughs> we sure didn't. No, it's Anthony Andrews. <laughs> Anthony Andrews. All right, well, there's nothing else to say. Let's go on. Score this sucker. Uh, if this is your first time listening to uh, Saying the Scheme, we have a 100-point scale. goes from uh, 1 to 100, uh, 1 being a irredeemable pile of turds, while 100 is a perfect movie. There are no flaws. If you want to think about it like an American grade scale, you can. However, Ben's not here, um, so he cannot stop me from saying that I still think that's confusing as all heck. Um, to have those two separate scales. Um, but anywho, There's no separate scales. There are no separate scales, but like there are separate meanings. Anywho. Um, There's, There's only one meaning. Okay, whatever. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. I'll go first, because I did not like this movie. I feel like it wasted my time. I feel like I wasted an evening watching this movie. So I'm going to give this thing a big old 30. Wow. I do not think serious? it's a good movie. You think it deserves a 30? Yes, I do. Okay. Are you saying expect it up or down there? I expect it to be up. Oh, I see. <laughs> 30 is bad. Uh, Doug, let us know what we were going to be expecting. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised, I guess. I, I mean, I, I would go a little higher than that. Um, you know, we we... Talk about animation, it's pretty bad. But as far as the jokes, like I had a good I have a good time watching this movie. I still have a good time. It's fun. I, I I'll watch it again. I, I I guarantee I'll watch this movie again. Um so with that being said, I'm gonna give it a seventy nine. I think it's not quite there, but all 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 being regarded, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say seventy, because I can't bring myself to give it lower than a C using that version of the scale. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not a great movie. It's just you know, it's it's not a great piece of art, but it's worth a few laughs, especially that goat. It's art. So I'm giving it a seventy. Um. Well, I don't want to give it a B just because that sounds like where I would put some movies that I am much more fond of Darjeeling limited. I've only been on, uh, Sand the skin once. And I gave that like a 90 after really, really liking that movie. So I'm conceptualizing it. I'm actually going to join Tristan on the 79 train here because I genuinely enjoy it. I have fun watching it, but do I think it's quality? Not really. But if I think that it's enjoyable to watch and I want to, again, that at least deserves a solid pass. So 79 for me. And do we have any math on that? Because oh, usually Ben does it. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, is it, is it just a simple it. average? Yeah. Oh. So it's... We got an outlier. What there. was it? What was it? 30 plus 70. 79 plus 79 plus... 70. 70. What did you get, Chief? I got you. All right. Well, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, as well. Okay. Um, we get an average of sixty-four point five, which means it does fail. That's about what it had on IMDb. I think that's exactly what it had on. Well, Ben and I, Ben and I, when we did it for some jerks, I gave it a nine on the bad scale, which I think is like a. 
like an 8.5. Um, and he gave it a 7 on the bad scale. Uh-huh. I don't really know what that. Well, it's, to it seems like we brought know. it up a lot, but yeah. but um, it's not the it's not that great of a movie. But uh, but yeah, yeah, Logan. I'm also gonna be honest with you. I went this entire uh, podcast without uh, remembering that you were on Darjeeling Limited. I know. Uh, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned that he wasn't has been on. Since. I, I did pick up on the context clues, but that's all right. Yeah, I thought I'd I, seamlessly mention. Well, it. what's funny is I wasn't on that episode, so like I don't necessarily like feel bad that I forgot about it. I remembered. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was hoodwinked. Logan, thank you so much for being on. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, Tristan, why don't you ask me a question? Oh, sure. Sure thing, Doug. Uh, what are we, what are we watching next week? Well, I'm glad you asked Tristan. So Tristan, we talked about one of your favorite movies, actually your favorite movie of all time. Um, uh, there will be blood. Oh. Uh, which stars Daniel Day Lewis. Well, you know it's between Interstellar and that movie. I don't, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> cool, thanks. Doug. Uh, yeah, I know all the time, buddy, all the time. Um, but uh, but yeah, as we all know, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, who stars in There Will Be Blood, and I have a very uh, uh, interesting past with each other. Um, and next week we're gonna watch another movie with Daniel Day Lewis in it. We're gonna be watching Gangs of New York. Yeah. So uh should be a fun time. We're gonna, uh I believe he's gonna do some Scottish or Irish accents in there. Have you seen this movie? I have not. I have oh, not. Man. But uh but yeah, looking forward to that. Uh please be sure to keep up with uh Viter Media, everything that we have going on. Um we have new episodes of Save the Scheme coming out every Wednesday. Uh, new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night at 9 p.m. That's right. Um, and you can find us where all podcasts are found, or you can find us on our website, vitermedia.com, um, and you can follow us on social media at Vitermedia. Uh, with all that being said, until next time, I'm Tristan. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. I'm Logan. And this has been Saying the Skein. Y'all have a great week. Uh-huh.